of the Granite List Live, where we discuss all things related to human capital and employee benefits. I'm Lee Dill. And I'm Sally Pace. And we are continuing our discussion, kind of doing a deep dive into the world of pharmacy. I'm continuing to look at specialty pharmacy. And so we're joined again today by Joe Huntsman, who is partner and CEO with Fountain RX Specialty Pharmacy and Steve Boyd, who is the co-founder and EVP of Business Development at Southern Scripps. Joe, do you mind jumping in and really telling the audience, since we're going to be talking about specialty and how it fits into the broader PBM spectrum, tell us first about Fountain RX. I'd be happy to. First of all, Lee and Sally, we greatly appreciate this opportunity. You all do incredible work within the broker community and to all the brokers that are listening. You all are on the front lines trying to deliver the greatest value possible for all of the employers with whom you get to work every day. So we're just grateful for your time listening to our podcast today. I'll talk just a bit about Fountain RX, but this uh, call is not only about Fountain RX. It's really about all independent specialty pharmacies out there that are working every day to do the very best we can for patients, for providers, for employers, for all of our stakeholders. So there aren't a lot of independent specialty pharmacies around anymore because the industry has become incredibly consolidated, but we're proud to be one of the ones that are still out there. And there are several that are very good. So the conversation is not only about FountainRx. And also we work with several PBMs and Southern Scripts is just a fantastic organization that has grown significantly and they're delivering great value to employers. And they're one of the leading independent pass-through PBMs and one of our partners. So it's really uh, an honor to be on here today with you, Steve. Fountain RX, just to touch quickly, our core values are compassion, integrity, service, and excellence. And I'll just touch on one, compassion. It's real. It's not just a name that we have on our website. We do what we do because we genuinely care about every single patient that we have the privilege of serving. As business grows and you start serving more and more patients, it's easy to start to just, a patient can become a number. And we absolutely have talked to our people over and over. Our philosophy is about every single patient is a person that we want to make a difference in their life in every possible way, clinically, financially, and trying to find the best patient assistance help that we can in every way. So I'll just say that compassion is our leading core value and it's real. Fountain RX started in 2012. I actually started it with my father, who's a pharmacist in a medical building, and he retired in 2015. And our pharmacist in charge at the time, Ryan Hollingsworth, and a childhood friend who was also a pharmacist, Derek Hicks, They bought in as my partners and the three of us came together and just started to see a real opportunity in specialty pharmacy. We went to Assembia for the first time in 2016 and caught a vision of what we could do and started down the path of building a specialty pharmacy. We became accredited, then we became accredited again and then again. And today we have four accreditations and started licensing around the country. Today we have 48 state licenses. We are independent. We are not tied to a specific payer or PBM, so we can work with everybody. But we really like to focus on all stakeholders with whom we get to work. Number one is the patient. It's actually all about the patient. The patient is at the center of all these other stakeholders that we get to work together with. It's about the patient. It's about the payer. And that would include employers, brokers, 
health plans and PBMs and everybody in that circle that ends up actually covering the cost and paying the bill for clinical care. The third are providers. We have a great provider relations team. I don't really like to call it sales because they're out there managing the provider relationships and making sure that the providers are served and taken care of. If there's an issue with a patient, they can reach out to their rep. So providers is third and fourth is pharma. And we work very closely with most manufacturers at, at one level or another and trying to be a wonderful partner for them. So it's managing all the stakeholders around first class patient care. We work hard to get patients on therapy as quickly as possible and refill management, clinical support, all these things. We're also one of seven specialty pharmacies that are part of a pilot program. D2 is a consulting group. They actually were one of the first meetings that we had in 2016 when we were starting down our uh, specialty pharmacy path, but they've launched a platform called UltraTouch and it's about using technology to make it very easy for patients to onboard, get them to therapy faster and longer and, and improve the patient experience. It's a brand new platform and in the pilots, the results are very strong. And a lot of manufacturers are interested in the platform, but we're really honored to be one of seven independent specialty pharmacies that's gonna be a part of this ultra touch initiative. So the specialty spend is a really big deal because it's 50% of the spend and it's 2% of the scripts. So for employers, this is really serious in terms of how to manage that spend and how to make sure that for every dollar that is spent on specialty, that A, the patient really needs it, and B, that through adherence work, and we work very closely with all of our patients, that they stay on therapy and that it achieves the result. So I know that for employers and payers, that that's very important. So that's FountainRx. We're here to deliver the best experience to patients and to employers and to brokers at the lowest and find working together to find innovative ways to bring about the lowest cost possible on specialty therapy. So that's just a bit about who we are. And with that, I'll, I'll turn it over. Joe, I know you've mentioned earlier that part of your business strategy is really to pursue lasting and meaningful relationships with independent pass-through PBMs. And I know that Steve, that's very much part of the Southern Scripts story, but can you help our audience understand, just tell us about Southern Scripts, but also educate us on the difference between what a traditional PBM is and an independent pass-through PBM? Thank you, Sally. And as I was listening to Joe's opening remarks, I was very impressed with his ability to speak to his core values and his mission. And I think it's important for the group that's listening that we have very similar core values and very similar missions. And so when you look at our mission statement, our number one goal is to be the leading disruptor of the PBM industry through an uncompromising integrity and drive to create real value for those that we serve. And you may say, well, who are we serving? Well, it is true that we're serving self-insured employers, but we're most importantly serving patients. And when I listen to Joe's comments about patients come first, that embodies who Southern Scripts is. Patients always come first in all the decisions that we make. And so as we transition to specifically answering your question, Sally, what I would want the group to understand is that there are three different types of PBM models in the current marketplace. And those of you that may not be as familiar with those models, you want to begin with kind of the concept of what you call a traditional 
PBM. A traditional PBM will also be labeled such as a, a big three, maybe an Express Scripts, a CVS, an Optum. These types of PBMs have been around for almost 30 years in some form of fashion, and they play a role initially to consolidate billing and to help employers manage all of the claims and to help create a formulary of drugs. But over the evolution of their role and what they provide, they begin to see opportunities to create revenue outside of, say, just an admin fee. That revenue will be connected to something often called spread. And a traditional PBM, in the sense of traditional PBM, almost always practices spread pricing. And those of you that might be new to this, spread pricing means the following. The pharmacy, such as FountainRx, is paid $100 for a claim. But then there's another contract with the employer or the payer that they're actually charged $120. And the pharmacy's unaware that the employer was charged $120, and the employer's unaware that the pharmacy was paid $100. So there's no transparency between those two contracts. And so the PBM's able to pocket that $20 of spread. Quite frankly, that hidden revenue is really how the consolidation and the monopoly type of behavior that occurred and allowed these big PBMs to create so much revenue to become as big as they are. There wasn't any competition also um, that was educating the marketplace that this lack of transparency was creating a problem. Well, about 15 years ago, I'd say, you begin to see hybrid PBMs, and that's the second type of PBM that came into the marketplace, meaning that these big three PBMs control the marketplace. Well, what if you charge less spread or you had a little bit more transparency, meaning I only make $8 a prescription and I'll disclose that to some degree, but I won't tell you how much rebates I'm taking. And so they partially peel back the onion or they pull back the covers and you see some of the behaviors or the revenue streams of a PBM, but in a hybrid model, you don't see all of them. Then there's this third type of PBM and there are a handful of them out there. Southern Scripts is not the only one, but it's important to recognize the model's significantly different. I've begun saying the following, Sally, I bet you haven't heard this yet. There's nothing proprietary at Southern Scripts. It doesn't matter the question that you ask. You will always get an answer. What often will happen in a traditional type of PBM or a high-bed PBM model, if you ask enough details, you'll eventually fall onto a contract, and the, whether it's the pricing, whether it's the rebates, whether it's the GPO, group purchasing organization for the rebates, the term will come out, well, I'm very sorry, but we can't share that with you. That's proprietary. And so the problem is to get to those level of questions, you have to have enough education on no, to know which buttons to push and which questions to ask to finally get there. And that's what often makes it really challenging. So under a transparent pass-through type of model for a PBM, it's a tremendous amount of education. It's really educating the employer, educating the broker, educating the consultant on what those questions are they need to be asking. So that way they can clearly see that maybe there's something going on they're not aware of that's actually hurting their bottom line. So in summary to your question, 
We believe that there's three different types of PBMs, a traditional, a hybrid, and a truly pass-through transparent PBM. That's nothing's proprietary. And another way to say it is they're fiduciary. Now, fiduciary with a lowercase f, not with fiduciary with a capital F, meaning that under ERISA, only the plan sponsor can be fiduciary with a capital F. But why can't the PBM act as if they are fiduciary with a lowercase f, meaning that every single decision they're making is in the best interest of the plan sponsor? Only really a pass-through transparent PBM can do that, in my humble opinion. I'm curious. We talked about how these other traditional PBMs make money. What is your revenue model, Steve? Great question. And and I think that's a great segue because obviously we're in business to make money, right? I mean, all of us here on this podcast, that's probably one reason why people are listening in. How can I differentiate myself to bring value and then obviously earn a living? So we're aware that there are 32 different revenue streams in the marketplace that a traditional or hybrid PBM can make money. And what Southern Scripts does is we specifically say, We rep and warrant contractually that we will not practice those known revenue streams. And we actually disclose that our only source of revenue is an admin fee. Now, over the years of we've been operating and some competition that's come into the marketplace, we've shifted when needed to allow to have a per employee per month or a per member per month fee that's equivalent to our admin fee. And there's reasons why brokers and employers and TPAs like that flexibility. So we charge an admin fee or a PEPM. Probably the most important part of responding to your question is we rep and warrant and we promise that that's our only form of revenue. And so I go into board meetings all the time, and I'll do that on this podcast here. And I ask the broker, the consultant, maybe the director of HR, and I say, hey, think of the most important group that you have in your book. Or if I'm with an employer, the decision maker, the CFO, I'll look them square in the eyes and I'll say the following. What are you being charged by your PBM today who is your current vendor? And Lee, what do you think the answer is? I don't know. 99.9% of the time, I've asked it at least 4,000 times, they don't know. And so I said, well, that seems odd. I mean, this is a very expensive cost to you on your health plan. You have no idea what your vendor's charging you? They say, we don't know. They don't know. And so we use that as an opportunity to say, well, if I was your PBM, we make it really simple for you. If you had 10,000 claims, and our admin fee was $8.50, you would be charged $85,000. And then at the end of the year, you would be able to evaluate us and say, well, I paid $85,000 for the service. Did we save the amount of money that they said we were going to save? And let's hypothetically say it was a half million dollars. Did we save the half million dollars? And if we did, well, that's a pretty good return on investment for my $85. That's what we all do with the ins and outs of our household checkbook, right? We ask questions, you know, am I paying a good price for the washing machine? Or is there a better price if I bid it out or go to consumerreports.com? You're not getting that today. 
And so that question then I'll ask says, well, did they have a good service? Did I like working with them? Did they have a sense of urgency? We had a problem. Did they solve my problem? And quite frankly, was it worth $85,000? And so, you know, we can't forget the most expensive drugs on the health plan, which Joe, you and your team are tasked with making sure that those employees are taken care of and the employer is protected from the bottom line. Can you share a little bit about your pricing model? Well, Specialty drugs are expensive. They just are. There's no way around that. But within that space, we do everything we can to lower costs with several PBMs. We have what's called a cost plus pricing. It's kind of similar to what Stephen's been talking about on the PBM side. It's just, this is a fee. And we actually do the same model where we'll say, we're going to take our costs and for this type of drug, this is what the fee is. And obviously we do our analysis. We know what we need to cover shipping and overhead and all that. So that's one way. Another way is Brookwell, which I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast. We opened our first outpatient infusion clinic in 2020. Today we have four. We're opening four more this year. So by the end of the year, we'll be in several markets and we'll have eight outpatient infusion clinics. And we're building these so that for a patient, it's like going to a spa appointment. They're very relaxing, very comfortable. They can watch their Netflix show and have coffee. It's a far better experience for the patient than going to the hospital at about half the cost. And so the payers are all very much on board with this because it's significant cost savings, not only for the payer, but for the patient as well. So that's one way on some of the specialty biologics that are flowing through the buy and build channel. Outpatient infusion is Really, our group is growing significantly in that space, and we believe delivering great value and a great experience to patients at a much better price point. I want to go back to kind of, you know, y'all both talked about your business model, how similar it is, but yet to the untrained listener, they may be wondering, why do I need both? So Joe and Steve, both from your perspective, how can both a PBM, an independent specialty pharmacy, work together successfully for the employer and ultimately for the employee. From the PBM perspective and coupling off of the comment or the earlier question around revenue streams, one of the 32 revenue streams that a traditional PBM has is that vertical alignment in which they own their own specialty pharmacy. And so when you control the price, the the actual claim, and then you control the dispensing process, there's ways to hide revenue that an employer would not realize they're paying extra money. Well, when you separate that and you have an independent specialty pharmacy and an independent PBM that agrees to both work together in a transparent way, now an employer for the very first time knows that hey, I'm paying for this fee for the PBM. And under Joe's model at FountainRx, I'm only paying the cost of the drug, which will be disclosed and shared that this is the true cost, and then a service fee. And part of that service fee, there's a bullet list of this is what I'm going to do. We're going to make sure the drug gets there safely. We're going to make sure that the patient's counseled. And there's you know a variety of things that Joe's Pharmacy does. Well, that makes the PBM look good, right? Because if the member's getting a warm, great experience, and the outcome's positive, well, that feedback comes back to the PBM. That's the collaboration. There's a goal that Joe has, there's a goal that we have, whereas if you're vertically aligned and you have everything sewed up, 
well, maybe you're not working as hard as you should be to make sure that patient's taken care of. You don't really have to because you've encapsulated it and you know it's just going to happen no matter what. For Joe and I, we want to make sure that every encounter is perfect because every encounter is vital to the next encounter. Uh, what do you think, Joe? I think you said it very well. Our VP of payer relations, she actually set this up, Alicia Payne. She was with Diplomat for many years, and she has a lot of experience coming together early with the employer, with the broker, with the PBM, and the specialty pharmacy, getting around a table and trying to get a real understanding. What are the goals for the employer? Obviously, it's cost savings, but there may be more around that. So bringing the team together in a collaborative way to put together a program that is going to meet the goals of the employer. Working with Southern Scripts and PBMs like that can be very effective. Sounds like you're both bringing your best selves to work, best <laughs> selves to the table to make it better for the employer. Yes, yeah, Sally. And I, I think what I was listening has come, it's, it's about accountability, right? We, we have a responsibility as healthcare providers and as pharmacists, we've taken oaths that the patients always come first, going back to those opening remarks. And I really think that a relationship, as we've been describing it, really ensures that you're meeting those goals and we're helping each other make sure we meet those goals. And we're doing it for a fiscally responsible price. One additional thing that we have a relationship with Fountain RX is the ability to put cost saving strategies in his pharmacy. And so at some point, we might want to talk about a program called Variable Copay in which really makes FountainRx a unique pharmacy because they're providing a higher level of service than some other pharmacies that don't practice that uh, solution. No time like the present. <laughs> Tell us how we do it now. Yeah, I feel like I just led myself into my own question <laughs> there. So a program that has become commonplace these days, but here at Southern Scripts, we've been practicing for over seven years, is to utilize manufacturer coupons to first of all, support patients and lower their out-of-pocket costs, which is the true intent of the coupon through the eyes of the manufacturer, but also assist the employer who has the responsibility to provide these expensive costly drugs to their employee population, meaning that these coupons have value addition to the traditional out-of-pockets that can help the employer offset their costs. And we call that variable copay, meaning that a patient's copay is expanded so that way that there's a cost shift and the plan sponsor ends up paying somewhere around 15 or 20 percent less for that drug. And the member, again, has essentially a zero dollar out of pocket. At FountainRx, they are one of our variable copay pharmacies. And what that ultimately means is they're doing the extra work of not only processing the first claim through the PBM, but also downloading the coupon, working with the member to get them signed up for that coupon. So that way then the coupon can be processed to pick up that members out of pocket. That process takes a minimum of 10 to 15 minutes. And if FountainRx's team doesn't do it, then either one or two things happen. The member has to pay $1,000 at the point of sale, which obviously doesn't matter who you are. You don't want to pay $1,000 for your drug or secondarily, they have to do the work themselves to get that coupon. And so the collaboration between the pharmacy and the PBM there to be able to do that in a seamless way ensures the member has a better experience in getting their medicine. And is that offered to all of your clients, Joe? Yes. That's just one of several additional services that we provide to each patient. 
So we've talked some about your goals with transparency and really finding the best care for the patient and what they need for their medical and pharmacy journey. But what are your goals when working with brokers? What does your ideal broker or employer look like? Well, to be really honest, some of the brokers are connected very strongly with some of the vertical PBMs and specialty pharmacies. And with those brokers, as well as with employers, we're just, I guess our ask is just give us a chance to come in and have a conversation about how we believe that we can give a better experience at a lower cost. So we want to work with any broker that would want to have a conversation with us as well as employers. But we have the same conversation with the employer who may be tied to a vertical very closely. And a lot of employers and brokers, it's just the way they've been doing it for the last however many years. And I know that Steven sees this all the time when he goes out and he's talking to brokers and employers to pull them to look at a different way of doing things. It can be challenging, but I believe that through the experience, when they do that, the result is very strong, as you can see in how quickly Southern Scripts is growing and not only Southern Scripts, but other transparent pass-through PBMs like them. There's significant growth and there's a lot of loyalty from employers in those types of scenarios. So for us, we'll work with anybody. We'll work with any employer or broker that would want to come to the table. And the first thing we want to do is listen and understand each client and understand what their needs are and what their goals, what is important in addition to cost savings. <laughs> it's, it's always cost savings. And then we want to partner with the likes of Southern Scripts to put together a really innovative solution that the employer is going to be very happy with and ultimately the patient as well. Yeah. So it is similar perspectives about brokers that Joe and I hold, but I think it's a little bit different from the perspective of the PBM. A broker or a consultant is absolutely vital in ensuring that you have a warm introduction to a group. And Joe mentioned that some brokers are aligned at the hip with some of the bigger PBMs. Well, the reality is there's brokers also aligned with hybrid and transparent PBMs as well. There's not as many of them, <laughs> or there's a philosophy difference between them. And so one of our goals is number one is we're always educating and we want brokers to know as much about Southern Scripts as we know about Southern Scripts. We want brokers to know as much about Fountain RX as we know about Fountain RX because they're going to be the voice that goes back to the director of HR or the CFO to say that this is the right decision to make. Remember, the responsibility of a broker in today's world is to bring the three best of class solutions for a particular product and allow that client to pick the one that is best for them. And so we wanna be one of those three. And within, if we have the chance to speak on our own behalf, shoulder to shoulder with the broker, we then hopefully have a fair and legitimate shot to win because of the unique services and innovation and technology that we bring to the table that they hopefully are not getting with the other vendor. And then quite frankly, the transparency and the pass-through that we've been talking about. So to go back to the question, Brokers are key to this puzzle in today's marketplace. Our goal is to help them look good. 
Our goal is to give them solutions that actually bring cost savings to the employer. And we want to work collaboratively with them. So the connection between Fountain RX and Southern Scripts is one of those unique solutions that can be marketed through the broker as a true solution to the employer that they're going to get a great experience, but also the best price. You know, you mentioned it again. The key word is transparency. It's very powerful. I'm encouraged that there are a lot of industry initiatives around this right now, like what's going on with Health Rosetta. So there's a real push toward more transparency that push towards transparency is exactly what spurred this conversation today. So guys, I want to thank you both so much. I know you certainly broadened our horizons and I have no doubt our listeners horizons on just how important looking at that specialty pharmacy piece is within the medical plan and having great partners like Felton RX to come in and do something about it. So thank you for your time today. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Granite List Live. And Joe, I know we're proud we can direct people to the Fountain RX page on the Granite List at thegranitelist.com so that folks can learn even more and research what you guys are doing and reach out to you there as well. So with that, thanks everybody for another great episode. Thank you all so much. Thank you very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Granite List Live. Access our entire library by visiting your favorite podcast venue or subscribe on our site, thegranitelist.live.